Hey, if you missed part one of our massive four-part trade deadline podcast here on the BS Podcast, you can find it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48 inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, part two of the Trade Deadline Palooza Pod. You can check out part one on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Rob Mahoney has left us. Big Waz has joined us. KOC, we were talking right before um, right before we started taping about the Derek White trade, which turned out to be Josh Richardson, who was playing well. Romeo Langford, who was not playing well. And a protected 2022 first for Derek White, a defensive good teammate, combo guard guy. The Celtics already have a guy like that, Marcus Smart. My instinct, and we only have 33 minutes here until we did that. My instinct was like, wait a second, is this paving the way for a Marcus Smart trade? You felt the same way. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, we heard the Minnesota rumblings that they really, really like Marcus Smart. Uh, so maybe there could be something there before the deadline. Um, but ultimately here, like even if you're keeping those guys, having Derek White, he brings those similar qualities as Marcus Smart with his defensive ability. He's just a more reliable shooter over the duration of his career, even though he's not shooting well so far this season. I like Derek White. I, I don't love Derek White, um, but I think for Boston, this is a, a, a nice addition. But giving up the pick, though, I mean, the 2022 draft might not necessarily be deep. But giving that up uh, when Josh Richardson has been playing so well, that does sting a little bit. But White's a good player. You guys have Stockholm Syndrome. You know the Celtics are allowed to have more than one good guard, right? Well, <laughs> I, I, I find it hard to believe. Derek. So if we get one guy, we have to trade this other guy, right? There's only, <laughs> you only play one guard, right? I think Derek's, Derek White and Marcus Smart together is kind of a weird fit to me, I guess would be I agree. my counter. But... I think Derek White is a guy who could absolutely yeah. be one of your three guards in a round two playoff series. And he's, by all accounts, a beloved Spurs culture guy. We've seen him play some USA stuff and things like that. So I, so we'll see. Right now it is 11.28, 32 minutes to go at the deadline. We'll see what happens. All right, Waz, give us your I mean, Harden Simmons take. 
Of course. First, I want to know, though, will Derek White put Jalen Brown in the headlock in the locker room? Because that's important. <laughs> if he's going to be Marcus Smart's replacement, that's a big deal to know. Um, well, you know, my, my Sixers, Simmons, um, Harden, Maury take is that all three of their hubris was rewarded, right? Um, ben Simmons <laughs> demands a trade with four years left on his deal after stinking up the joint. Um, he gets what's he, what he wants in a bigger market with less noise media-wise, less scrutiny, with two guys that absolutely will do all of the heavy lifting for him when it comes to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So I think he's in an ideal spot. He's only going to be asked to do the things that he's already good at, which is all Ben Simmons wants to do anyway, right? Like, we yeah. know he doesn't want to improve his game. He doesn't want to get better. He wants to be Ben Simmons, get paid the max to do what he already does. Um, of course, Daryl held on to this asset that we all thought was extremely distressed, and he ends up with a guy who won an MVP just a few years ago, um, isn't obviously an all-star level player even still. Um, and of course, James Harden gets to blame everybody else for his problems and ends up back on another <laughs> good team, ready for playoff success. Like everybody won while being completely kind of ridiculous throughout this entire ordeal. <laughs> Do you feel like James Harden is Chris's spirit animal now? <laughs> is, is Chris, you're going to grow a beard? What happens? <laughs> if I is, grow is, a beard, is, it's disturbing. Yeah. Is, the, is Chris going to fly to the Bahamas the next time the ringer has a four-day break then come back and be completely trash and podcast <laughs> for the next 10 days? Yeah. I don't know. Then maybe he will be channeling so, the Gre spirit of Greenwald's one of his gonna new be guys. Like weeds. Did an MRI on Chris's larynx and there was some tightness, so we're gonna give him a week <laughs> off so he works it out. Yeah. When do we get an update on James Harden's hamstrings? And the we're hand, so worried right? about them. That's yeah, right. and his strained hand. <laughs> and did you know that the hamstring that he said was hurt this time was different than the hamstring from last year? I looked this up. I was googling James Harden right hamstring and James Harden left hamstring. Well, because he was probably he was probably favoring the other hamstring too much, you know, Bill. You got to know about like isometrics and the way kinetics work in the body. If you're going to weigh in on something like this, at least have the facts, man. It's it's fair. <laughs> I was thinking about how, how dare you insult James Harden? <laughs> this guy's quite Chris, a run for his hamstrings. I remember Chris has perfected the angry sports Twitter <laughs> person it. to a T. That's amazing. I love Twitter. It. Twitter CR is the best. I remember in the. So I started playing fantasy basketball mid-late 80s. But in the 90s, Kevin Johnson, who, when he played, would get like 23 and 10 and was like a borderline first-round pick. But he would always have hamstring stuff. And it got to the point where if you drafted him, the other people in the room would just start making hamstring jokes. I don't know with Harden, is this a one-time thing? Is this just who he is now? Is he in shape? Or, you know, like the, the irony of all of this is we, we do the you know, month after month, the trade watch and it finally happens. And then Harden ends up not being healthy when he's on the Sixers. I don't know, feel for it. We're, well, as we were talking about part one, there's a scenario where Harden just shows up and he's fucking awesome. Like immediately, you know, cause we, we've seen him do that. There's also a scenario where it's <laughs> like, we watch him for a few games and we go, oh man, maybe, maybe he wasn't kind of tanking it as much as we thought. Maybe he's at a different point in his career. He's going to be 33 this year. You know, I, so I, I don't know what to, to me, between him and Simmons, there are more possibilities with both guys, how they're going to play than I can remember from a trade like this. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's all of that. Of course, I, I was racking my brain for the last time James Harden came through for a team in the playoffs, and it was 2012 against the Spurs. Like, he was incredible. Wow. Uh, when they won those four straight games against the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, people famously remember him, you know, not showing up in the finals, but whatever, in the conference finals against the Spurs, he was dope. But it's been playoff disappointment after playoff disappointment. Um, besides that, and then, of course, you have to consider that he opted into his $47 million, which we all know there's a wink-wink. He's going to get paid the max after that deal. Like, there's no way he opts into that without an agreement that Philadelphia is going to hand him a five-year deal or whatever it is for the maximum allowable money after that. So I think that's something to consider. But whatever, they have two seasons to figure out, well, really it's going to be three, <laughs> to figure out if Harden um, is the guy to lead them to the promised land. But again, like, I, I don't know. Like, he was clearly hurt in the playoffs last year, but elite in the regular season. Um, yes. There's been, like, flashes of elite play this year with Harden. Um, an over-reliance on a step back. I don't think he's, you know, straight up blowing by guys and creating the creases in the defense as much as he used to. But who knows? Maybe he has been sandbagging it the whole time and he was tired <laughs> of Kyrie's um, third-eye routine. And, you know, now he's going to be dope again. Yeah, there's also, like, I there there's a world in which I think the Sixers and Harden get exactly what they need from each other because Harden does not have to take a lot of the usage. He doesn't have to bear a lot of the weight in like the first three quarters of a game. Like Embiid can do that. Tobias Harris is a completely adequate scorer like on a night-to-night -night basis. Maxi is kind of like surging right now. I'm so glad he wasn't in this deal. You can get buckets from Maz. You can get buckets from this team. It's a good deep team. But the thing that has always sort of haunted this team and I've seen it throughout this regular season too they're up 18 they're up 11 they're up 9 whatever it is and the buckets just dry up the, the bat like the hoop just gets small for this team down the down the stretch whether it's in bead flags at the end of games or whatever so a perfect version of this is James Harden playmaker scorer at the end of games for the Sixers solving the biggest problem that this team had and if they get that maybe they just they complement one another just perfectly. Like that's my that's my ideal version of this. I don't know if I'm just like high on my own supply right now, though. I, I forget if it was you, Chris, or you, Bill. But in part one, you mentioned how like in OKC, Harden was like this Manu Ginobili type. He could grow yeah, into that. Yeah. And, and I think with Philadelphia, there's going to be some nights where he resembles that, and Embiid is the one carrying the load. But there will be nights James Harden looks like the James Harden we've always known. I think to your point, Chris, that speaks to it like in an individual game. I mean, end game situations, it's going to be hardened a lot. And we're going to see a lot more pick and roll between him and Embiid. They've just never had that guy who could force those switches and create mismatches for your offense. I think this is going to aid their offense significantly down the stretch of those games. Yeah, it's funny. You is think, anybody like, happier than Chris besides Tobias Harris about this trade, by the way? <laughs> Tobias Harris. Is, <laughs> I'm off I, the I, hook again. <laughs> so when the Sixers make the second round or the conference finals but lose, Tobias Harris is the latest recipient of the Oklahoma City maximum cap space room. And like, and then that will give the Sixers a slot and Daryl can a lounge. third star. Yeah. yeah, it's a lounge. You know, you're talking about Embiid and Harden. Um... So we see, like, like think about Shaq and Kobe. 
with those guys were perfect because Shaq in the last four minutes of the game, you just didn't want to go to him because you were so afraid he was going to get fouled. And then he became, he was afraid that he was going to get fouled. And Kobe was able to grab those last four minutes. And that was one of the reasons, you know, especially the 2001 team, I think is one of the best teams I've ever seen. Embiid's not like that. Embiid is the rare center. And I, I know the stats about how they've blown leads and stuff like that. To me, that's more a function of that they don't have a real point guard. The thing that's been striking to me about Embiid, especially this season, is how easily he's been able to get good shots in the last few minutes because he can do that face-up thing. He's got that weird one-legged thing now. He can, like, bulldoze people. And I do wonder, like, what what's the best outcome if you're up one with 50 seconds left? Who gets the ball? Like, all the stuff that people like us love to talk about. But Harden's been kind of used to having the ball in that situation over the years. And Bede has proven this year, like, give me the ball. This is my team. I'm the guy. And I think how Harden integrates into that is the thing I'm going to be watching because we saw him last year in Brooklyn. He's like, okay, we have a ton of scoring. I'm going to be point guard James. I feel like we're going to see point guard James this time, KOC. Yeah, I think we are going to see that. And he wouldn't he wouldn't want to go here and the Sixers wouldn't necessarily be give as much up as they did unless they felt some level of confidence in him embracing that role that you're describing. It's one of yeah. the reasons why, you know, I'm so high on this team and what they can be. Oh, we have some breaking news. You knew it was going to happen, Was. Oh, Lord have mercy. What do we got? Oh, boy. We have a Chris Tapps Porzingis trade. Ooh. Woj has said, oh, my God, <laughs> for house. <laughs> we might have to get house. <laughs> Porzingis to the Wizards for a package centered on Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh. I, I got to Din- say, I'm, Dinwiddie I'm, and Cuban is too perfect. I'm kind of shocked that they're trading Porzingis. I liked how the Mavs are playing. KOC stunned. Yeah. It, it, it I mean, just the, hasn't the, worked. Wow. Bill. It hasn't worked. Uh, I but remember they were playing the well the last couple weeks. No? Him and Luca don't like each other. We know that. Like, it was reported, and then it was like, oh, they figured out oh, bygones be bygones. They don't like each other. So KP has probably been sulking over there and doesn't want to be there. And, like, just on the court, this, it hasn't actually worked the way that they assumed that it would for various reasons. Injuries and just KP's just general See, they're game. just cutting cut bait. Cutting bait. Uh, and, but I do remember, man, when they traded for KP, it was like, oh, my God, the, the, the Mavericks are penciled in to, you know, 50 wins no matter what, every single season forever because they have these two young guys. Um, and it's crazy to see that abruptly come to an end already. KOC, what's your guess for who's in this trade? Well, so what I what I was told last night was the Raptors and Mavs were talking with Dragic in a first, which somebody else did report earlier today. Um, and the logic, what I was told from people around the league about that was Dallas, Dallas would be kind of starting their free agency clock earlier, essentially a, a salary dump with KP to be able to get to free agency earlier. There's so nothing I think ever the, goes wrong when Dallas is planning for free agency. <laughs> oh my God. It's it's fucking well, I mean, Groundhog like, so, Day. But, well, that, that's the way it was spun to me when I heard about the Dragic KP version last night. In this oh, case, like... Davis uh, Bertans, Davis Bertans is in this deal. Bertans yeah. is What in. a night for house. Oh my God. I, I, oh God. I, 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 but, but, like, but like with this deal, though, I don't think Dallas is necessarily done, though. Because like we can't forget, there's been so many reports about them going after Jeremy Grant. 
getting Dragic would have, or now getting Dinwiddie does kind of sort of free up Jalen Brunson a little bit. Now that you have another mm, secondary ball gotcha. handler. Mm, so yep. maybe you flip Brunson and Hardaway Smart? Jr. to get Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I mean, something, Marcus I mean, like, there's, there's gotta be more here for Dallas is, <laughs> is, is, is my feeling from conversations I had last night. We'll see. Chris, do you want to pour out a 40 for the day when Kristaps Porzingis was a trade asset? Because he just got <laughs> traded for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. I can't believe there's Man. no cryptocurrency involved in this trade somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it, this, is, this is the crypto trade. This is the like, here, you take my my imaginary currency for your imaginary currency. What a quick, quick romance with Dinwiddie in DC. That was like a 10-day... Hot and heavy. We're made for each other. Beal, Beal talked you into coming. We're we're off to like the races at the beginning of the regular season. And now House is like just excited to get off money here. I have a BS pod from like the first two weeks of the season where House basically has an orgasm about Dinwiddie and the Wizards for <laughs> a while. And talks Dinwiddie, he's a calming presence. It, it just didn't last was. They were playing with so so much enthusiasm, the continuity was there on offense, the ball was moving. I was like, wow, like, they, they were letting Trez do his thing with the bench units. He was he had a few 20-point outbursts very early on in the season. I was like, wow, this roster is nicely constructed. They probably on their way to a 6-7 seed, this team, man. This is pretty cool to see. And then it's all just falling apart within the last six weeks. And now Bradley Peel's having surgery and his season is over. This is just a terrible turn of events for the for the Wizards, man. KOC, can we? I think we can officially start tank watch for the Wizards. Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's time. Hey Porzingis, yeah. <laughs> we think your knees need some rest. We're gonna give you the last thirty games off, and you're gonna be hanging out in this hotel suite with Bradley Beal. That's my guess. It's a it's a strange move, um, but you know if if you do plan on signing Bradley Beal to the five year supermax. <laughs> Uh, at least for as long as KP's playing. It'd be fun to watch those guys together next year if it even comes to that. We'll see. You know, I was. do you guys feel like I, I coming into this, and I think it was mostly because of that Kings deal, even though yeah. obviously like they looked pretty good against the Timberwolves, and I, and I know that they were trying to like shore up enough to get into the play-in. But I was kind of feeling like going into this trade deadline that the NBA was starting to feel a little bit more like the MLB with these like very distinct buyers and sellers. Yeah. And that we might start to see like, Portland style teardowns every year, or it's just like, ah, fuck it. Let's just we'll start over again next year. Maybe we keep our one franchise player who mysteriously is going to be absent for the rest of the season and then rebuild in the summer with whatever we can. And it's just this constant turnover. But weirdly, like the Dallas's, the Sacramento's, like now you kind of see like these mid tier teams getting not Dallas isn't mid tier, but getting a little bit more pugnacious, getting a little bit more aggressive in the trade market. So I wonder whether it still has its own kind of logic to it and it's not as it's not as binary as buying and selling. What do you guys think of that? Well, KOC has been on the blow it up. He's been on the blow it up yeah. mountain for years. This well, is one of his ringer not, things. Not, not as much anymore though, Bill, because you know, when I was first hired here, the rules were different with the lottery. And, and like you had a 25% chance to get the number one pick at the time. It's 14% flat now. And the play in tournament is a factor. That's, I, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's the play in Chris that, that is really what's creating this situation where teams are both buyers and sellers. Yeah. Um, the, like the Kings, more of a the Kings, the Kings had 21 wins or whatever it was. And they went out 
big game hunting so that they can get a 10th <laughs> seed. That yeah. just never was the case before. Like they saw the 10th seed as something that was worth pursuing and they gave exactly. up real stuff to try to achieve that. Like that's just unheard of, you know? And I think so, more teams would be willing to do that. So my take thinking about this for five minutes, it's so much fun to get these trades thrown at you. I'm assuming Dallas is just like, Porzingis is a sunk cost. He can't stand the floor. Because even if you look at his game log this year, he plays 19 games. He's healthy from basically the beginning of November all the way through mid-December. And he's given them a 20 and 8. And he looked pretty good, right? Then he missed two games. Then he played four more and put up 27, 34, 24, 24. Then he missed seven games. Then he came back and then... The stats go down. The knees weren't as healthy. And now he's missed the last five. So I guess Dallas is just going, we don't trust this guy. We don't think he's going to be able to stay on the court. We can get out now. Dinwiddie can help us as a bench guard. Bertans, maybe we can salvage him as a shooter, but more importantly, um, cap space. The problem with the cap space thing is those guys are under contract next year. I don't know. Unless I'm missing something, I don't know how that helps them this summer. Well, it's one it's one year sooner, or it's not about this summer. It's about the fact that KB has multiple more years than those guys. So it's setting themselves up for 2023 rather than waiting until 2024 or 2025. So they're just getting to it sooner that's, by dumping KB. I, that's I, great. I have a hard time buying that. <laughs> that's yeah, like, no, I, I mean... I mean, that's why that's why it's like not all about that. It's also, I think, I mean, we'll see in the next 15 minutes here if something else happens. But at, even if it's this offseason, Jalen Brunson, now that you have Dragic, and if you hope Dinwiddie can get back to the guy we saw pre, you know, torn ACL, it does free up Jalen Brunson as a guy you're more comfortable trading. And that's a very, very valuable piece. So I think that's a component of it, either whether it happens in the next 15 minutes or whether it happens this offseason. Yeah, so Porzingis was... 33.8 next year and then 36 in 24 and then was a free agent after that. A steal. And, That's a steal um, for any team that could get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Wizards, we have Bertans, which I thought he had this year and next year at the least, right? Is it more than that? Is it longer? I'm downloading the spot track. Spot track a little slow today. I think, oh, the gateway <laughs> timeout from Spot track. Spot track's like Porzingis. Okay, hold on. In a big spot. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, so we have Dinwiddie is 17 and 18 and some sort of non guaranteed thing after next season. Bertans, 16, 16, 17 in 23, 24, but still wow. way less than Porzingis. Sure. Does feel like that's that that's another one. Now we have 13 minutes left till the deadline. That's another one where it feels like Dallas has one more trade now. Yeah, unless Dallas is like trying to recreate Clippers South or something, where they're just gonna have like a ton of shooting and a ton of playmaking around. I'm not not that I would call Bertans a playmaker, but yeah. they're just gonna do this perimeter oriented thing. Like that's the that's the most favorable read I can make for this, other than getting off of Porzingis. I'm a Dinwiddie guy. Um, he's had just a tough season. I, I've always thought he was pretty underrated in what he was doing in Brooklyn. Um, just manning offenses and his pick and roll operation. But, you know, you wonder how healthy he is at this point coming off of that injury where it's like his second injury to that same knee. Uh, but, you know, I think Luka Ball, it feels like... <clears throat> 
Jay Kidd has said from the beginning he doesn't want to play Luka Ball. And getting somebody like Dinwiddie who can be an on-ball type of threat to take, like, legitimately do that, even though I thought Jalen Brunson was doing a good job of that, too, seems to be in yeah. the direction of that. Because J-Kid feels uneasy about just, like, all right, let's let – Let's let our main guy have a 40% usage every single game and just see where the chips fall. What's well, uh we'll take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that, made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, Shredded purple cabbage and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay. That can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. So Bobby Marks had some info on the Dinwiddie contract. He, it's 17, 18, and then 18.9 in the third year. 10 million guaranteed, and there's a bunch of bonuses that um, can be triggered. So they have the 10 million buyout. I just get nervous when Dallas, Chris made that point earlier, when Dallas is paving the way for cap space for free agents because we haven't seen people go there. All right, 10 minutes to go. KSC, give me one prediction that's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. Uh, we see another Dallas trade. Was The Jeremy Grant thing has, Domino has to fall. I feel like there's so many suitors out there Detroit has to bite on one of them at some point here, and I'll be very interested to see where he ultimately lands, and hopefully it's on a team with some real aspirations this year because I'm a fan of what he brings to a playoff situation. Chris? Uh, after watching last night's Lakers-Blazers game, I can't believe Palenka's phone's not melting in his hand right now, but the other <laughs> one would just be, I thought Eric Gordon was going to be the thing that got done the easiest and the earliest, and he's still on Houston, so... Gordon and Wood and Houston not kind of like using using any of that to to get more cap draft capital or whatever they want there um, is is pretty pretty interesting that we're ten minutes out and Eric Gordon's still on on Houston. I'm so glad Chris brought up the Lakers. We somehow haven't talked about them yet. I thought you might want to spend a, an hour on it, like the third hour might just be dedicated <laughs> just, to the Lakers. Yeah, I'm just picturing the room right now, right their war room. It's like Curtin Linda Rambis, Jeannie Bus. <laughs> Rob Palenka and maybe Magic on Zoom because he's probably giving a speech in like Miami or Dallas or something. And that is our brain trust. And maybe LeBron sending some texts. But last night it seemed like they got broken. And I I, I actually think the outcome is going to be they're just going to tell Westbrook to go away until the summer. 
Like, just leave. Stay just, away from the team? Yeah. Like, you're not happy. We're not happy. Maybe this is... You're, you you're think that's, be, that's more likely than a coaching change during the All-Star break? I don't see how a coaching change saves any of this Westbrook stuff. What's a coaching change? It's going not going to do anything. Happen. It's not Frank Vogel's fault. It, but is there an... Go ahead, Cassie. Uh, is there an alternate universe somewhere where LeBron James woke up this morning and demanded a trade? <laughs> I, I saw some of that floating around Twitter. Um, LeBron demanding a trade back to Miami. Like, I saw some of Go that. Go back to Cleveland, today. man. Come on. Floating, Go play with Moran Garland. And I, just, I actually... I just can't. I almost did a tweet today. And I didn't want to start shit because people, everyone on Twitter is just so uptight during the trade deadline. But like, what would have been the most fun, realistic LeBron trade today? Like if Philly had just said, we can't get James Harden. Yeah. Fuck it. How about LeBron Simmons, Simmons. Simmons, and, <laughs> Simmons and Curry for yeah. LeBron? And just like what, yeah. what people, what their that reactions would, be would have been to that. That would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but like what, what other fun amazing. LeBron drink? Because it would have to be a team that's a contender, right? Honestly, like if there was some way to get LeBron to Cleveland for like the Sexton love, like and whatever else that you need to make way, it would just be so awesome to see him go back. And it's like he goes from AD and Westbrook to Garland and Mobley and like just gets completely rejuvenated by going home again. I know it would never happen, but it, it is very, very, very intoxicating. <laughs> Was are we sure Cleveland would want to do that? <laughs> It's like yeah, they have like incredible chemistry right now. No, Dan if you're Gilbert. Like, oh, cool, LeBron's Dan Gilbert, coming. No, Dan Gilbert wants no parts of that. Like he's finally put together his first ever winner without LeBron without James. I don't think he'd want to. He would sign off on that. Like he wants his credit for this team. At this point, I've always wondered, like. You know, when <laughs> when things were going sideways, when Magic was quitting and, like, it was looking bleak for the Lakers there. And at the end of that first LeBron year, I was wondering what would happen if the Lakers were just like, you know what, we're done with this whole thing. We're just going to trade LeBron and just be a regular team and start with young guys. And I just wondered, like... What if they did, like, a Charlotte? Like, what if they trade LeBron to, like, a crappy market that wasn't Cleveland, right? Like, they, he had, he didn't want any parts of. And I was, you know, I was just thinking about stuff like Sacramento or possibly Memphis or New Orleans. Like, that's what I was thinking um, <laughs> at the end of that season. I wonder if a team, like, got spiteful, like the Lakers, and was just like, we're going to trade you to the highest bidder and, like, we're not going to take any of your opinions into account what that would be like for LeBron to just be powerless in this situation, just be shipped off. Like if he went to like Atlanta, he's like, Oh yeah. LeBron, we've I mean, Atlanta, to Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta of 2019 though, this Atlanta, like that right, would right, right. be a freaking good situation for what, him right now. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking like, what would be a trade that he would kind of talk himself into, even though oh, he'd be the, mad they traded oh, him. Oh, a, a like team right that now. he would definitely not t talk himself into is the Orlando Magic. Could you imagine? <laughs> right. yeah, that, oh my that God. Be, but, yeah. like, you know, even though he had like his, his grumbles about them the other night, it would be like, LeBron on Memphis would be amazing. I can't believe we're actually yeah. doing like five minutes on this. But, like, <laughs> I think this is, I'm having such a good time. <laughs> but LeBron on Memphis would be like, do I need to move to Memphis? You what, know, if, like, yeah. what if Brooklyn called and said, we'll give you Kyrie and the two first round picks we've gotten for LeBron? <laughs> I, think they, I think the Lakers say no. 
<laughs> KOC well, kind of paused. What, what, well, no. What, what if what if the Nets just said we'll flip you Ben Simmons for LeBron? Wow! <laughs> right now. Wow! <laughs> wow! And what if they call a couple minutes before the deadline? They call Palenka. <laughs> we'll give you Ben Simmons and two first for LeBron James. How do you feel about trading trading the king? Wow! Would that would, would be that amazing. would that be the new greatest moment in Twitter history? Ever, yes, ever, 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 ever. LeBron has ever, been traded ever. for Ben Simmons. <laughs> ever. And, ever. And a second round pick in 2027. Oh, that's the trade. Goodness. Yeah, if you're the Lakers, you're... I, I, I don't know what happened to Davis last night. I don't know where his head's at. I also don't really know why he's that unhappy. Like, you chose to come to the Lakers. You're playing with LeBron. He's healthy. He's right there. Why can't the two of you kick ass against this shit Portland team? Who cares who your other three teammates are? I feel like they're taking a hit legacy-wise. I I just can't believe that that they're this overmatched. It's not like they're playing with like three guys they picked out of the first row. They're playing with NBA players. Here's what I think about AD. I think to him, he doesn't want to lift a finger unless it actually matters. That's just my opinion. Who That's the fuck what it is, seems like. Who the fuck is he? Bill Russell? What, 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 what <laughs> no are we doing? Idea. <laughs> what I is happening? No idea, bro. He's just wired that way. It, it just feels like AD is not, you know, he's the antithesis of whatever Kevin Garnett has inside of him. That's what AD is. You know, he's a supremely talented guy. Um, obviously, he's a good dude or whatever. But, like, as far as, like fire and passion and motor and like this this idea that he's gonna come out and rip people's heads off every single night that's not him it's also never been him it's weird because you'd think by at least ad and lebron because they've been on the lakers for a few years now they would know this but like teams are now they smell the blood in the water and Mm. it's like portland didn't quit on that game last night portland wasn't like oh we'll lay down the whole point here is to get nuked so that we get good we get high draft they were like we're getting after these guys. Like Nurkic wanted AD last night. Just same same way Giannis wanted AD the other night. Like there's there's a little bit of like the king is weak. Let's go after him going happening with, with yeah. the Lakers. And I don't know how they dig themselves out of this, especially not if they don't make any friggin' trades in the next 120 seconds. I was trying to yeah, figure out a Miami trade just now. <laughs> Duncan, <laughs> Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry for LeBron. <laughs> I, I mean, the the fact the fact that we're spending so much time on the on like just the theoretical possibility speaks to how realistic superstar trades have become. Yeah, I mean, Harden says I yeah. want to go to Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee, or Miami. He gets to go to Brooklyn. He then he says he wants to go to Philly. He gets to go to Philly. No, K- LeBron. This KFC, we just mis- to- we, we misheard him. He said he wanted to go to all of those teams. So he's just going to have like a carousel. He's on a world tour. Next Christmas, he's going to be like, Wisconsin. Here's the real reason that he would never want to get traded. For the same reason I wouldn't want to get traded. He gets to watch his kids play sports. There's nothing more fun than that. He likes his life. No, he doesn't doesn't want to get traded. He's fine. And Jeannie Jeannie would not sign off on that. Like, to, to stab LeBron in the back, it goes against her one, like, coherent thing, which is we take care of superstars when they come here. And right. that's like one of the biggest things about the Lakers is like, if you a superstar, then you come here, we're going to take care of you. We're going to cater to your needs. And to do that to LeBron, that's like goes against all of the equity she's built in that marketing campaign. All right. We just had to redo the last three minutes because uh, there was a fake Chris Haynes tweet 
that made the circles <laughs> for the Toronto Houston trade. But we do have a trade. We have the Celtics trading Dennis Schroeder to the Houston Rockage, Rockets in a package for Daniel Tice. Sing it was. <laughs> I'm coming home, coming home. Tell the world that I'm coming. Sully's going to be really happy about this, Bill. Tell Bill's it's, dad I'm coming home. Tell tell Bill's dad, <laughs> get ready to watch me get elbowed in the mouth by something that's not called a flagrant foul. He's Stevens loved him. I always thought they traded him because Stevens played him too much, but now Stevens is the GM, so Stevens like, I still love him. He's back. So <laughs> so now the Derek White trade makes a little more sense, KOC. Yeah, it does. I mean, that answers our question here. It wasn't Marcus Smart that got freed up. It was Dennis Schroeder. Tice is okay. He's all right. Makes some sense for Boston to to shuffle the deck here. I, I for one, cannot wait to watch the Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Dennis Schroeder, three-headed oh, monster God. in the back court. <laughs> so is that our first all-German all German trade? Two German guys traded for each other? We might have made NBA history with that. We need, we need a lot of sports on that. <laughs> yeah. Bro, Dennis Schroeder was locked in well, to something like $90 million or something crazy like that with the Lakers. <laughs> He turned it down because he was so sure they were going to have a deep playoff run and he was going to get like a hundred something. And now he's in Houston on a just a tankathon that's probably going to be a tankathon for <clears throat> the foreseeable future. Oh, man. That's well, my tough. guess is he gets bought out, right? And then he becomes a potential buyout guy for Milwaukee. Would be how I yeah. think this would play out. So this could. Or the Lakers. Well, the Lakers, the Lakers on, can use them, man. man. I mean, the Lakers they're, they're, can use them, dude. Do you, you think Dennis <laughs> would go back to the Lakers? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe somebody. I mean, I saw something this morning about Schroeder. He said he as wanted to go back the to the Lakers. Yeah, there's even yeah, outside of not getting the deal that he wanted, and they were just like, you know, whatever. Oh, Ennis Freedom and Bruno Fernando were in that deal as well. I got to say, Tough. I, I kind of like Bruno Fernando. I thought he had some pretty good moments in garbage time where you're like, wait, I mean, this guy seems like an NBA player. So it's I mean, tough Ennis break, tough break for Ennis Freedom, Tea Party legend. Tough break for him. <laughs> yeah. At 12.04. Uh, te Texas could be a good fit. Jeremy Grant's still a piston. Yep. The Lakers have not made a deal. We, we haven't heard about any like faxes coming in. Yep. That's, that's pretty shocking, man. We're going to wrap up part two right now. Chris Ryan, you're leaving us. Any farewell words? We're going to come back and hopefully there'll be some more trades. Any farewell words to your fans, to the Sixers Nation, to James Harden, to Ben Simmons? Fear the beard. The floor. Fear the beard. I've long since, you know, everybody knows how much I love Harden. And uh, it's just an amazing union of city and player. And it's just, I can't wait for the Harden era to get started. Do you love him more or less than Gordon Willis, famous cinematographer, seventies <laughs> and eighties? A little bit, a little bit less. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with the beard. I can't wait to get the text complaining. KOC and Waz are sticking around. We're going to bring in Kyle Mann. We are coming back. That was the end of part two, and we'll be back in a couple minutes, hopefully with some trades. I wanna see this.